Hey everybody, welcome to the DeFi Mafia podcast here today with Mike and guest Jack Gilchrist. He is the founder of Battlezips. We've had him on before. He's a ZK dev, resident technical expert on the DeFi Mafia podcast. How you doing? <laughs> Good job. Um, thank you for uh, having me on again. It's always uh, great to breaking it down with you guys. Glad to have you. So uh, we wanted to have you because obviously there's like we cover a lot of the trading and like narrative and all that stuff. But on the technical side, we are dumb. So we would like to have someone smarter than us to explain things. Um, kind of. I mean, th- th- there's a lot we where we could start. There's a lot of uh, it's interesting now that like all the hype is dead and that everything is becoming very real, that people are having like serious debates about the tech again which is which is nice it's it's Finally, it's nice yeah. nice to have tech debates again uh like we can kind of start wherever you want like just last week we had like dydx do decide they're going to leave eth l2 and do their own app chain with cosmos um obviously lots of zk stuff going on which you're very well aware of where, where would you like to start yeah um I'll, I'll start with the very first thing you said which is uh that we're in kind of a, a period of, of uh, market downturn and, and crypto winter. And mm-hmm. this is by far the best time to be in crypto. Um, two reasons. Uh, first reason um, is whether you're developing or you're, you know, just participating um, on the periphery or you're actually, because again, there's there's a lot of, as DAOs grow, there's a lot of opportunities for kind of the rest of the positions in, in like companies to get these things going. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where all of the companies that or all of the protocols that have no purpose in being die um and all the fat is shed and you have the opportunity to start to take a look at what the fundamentals are and and start to learn um and that part's great and then the second part which is very much in the trading uh uh paradigm is you know this is we're eventually going to reach uh, a, a pretty long period of, of just uncertainty and, and downturn where, you know, like ETH was or Bitcoin was like just in that 10K to 3K range forever. Um, that's DCA time. That's perfect. Um, you know, because it, it's hard enough to trade your way to the top. But if you're able to be making income and putting it in and then DCAing it during this period, yeah. right? Riding during. So, it's crypto winter. It's it's crypto Christmas. I love it. Um, this is this is definitely the uh, time where bear bears are the biggest bulls, right? Like I'm cash, so I'm like, yeah, I want this stuff to go down. So right. Give me give me three hundred dollar ETH, man. I would love it. You know, oh, let, me, yeah. let me accumulate. Like yeah. I, I think people misunderstand that. It's like, hey, just just sell. You don't have to ride this thing down to fucking zero, and then just use the money you have. And like you said, if you have an income. Yeah. And, and start accumulating like that's the real way to make money uh trading is like it's cool but the reality is most people just lose all their money trading it's, it's yeah. very difficult i mean there'll be a time for it again um yeah you've been a dev since what 2017 right yeah i tried well i tried trading in uh 2017 i guess i i mean i did make money i 10x and then 50 percent lost it so you know i made money but um mm-hmm. It just wasn't it was going down and down and down like it's it's not a continuous way to make money but people are making money off of cryptocurrency um the currency part isn't working let's let's try the crypto part um yeah and that yeah. did really 
work, so just kind of stuck with it. Um, yeah. How does um, like how do you like feel about? Because like we're talking about like oh like everyone. I mean, obviously, sentiment's like super low. Like everyone thinks crypto's gonna die again. Like how do you, how do you how do you feel like about the sentiment among like developers from when you started compared to now? Like because like people are still building, right? It's not like devs oh, yeah. are just like mass exodus leaving. It's more just people, retail and traders, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, the sentiment I have is not super rare. Um, people who know who are building in this space and have a good idea of how these pieces are assembled already thought, like, all this stuff was really stupid. Um, you know, like, we don't need the 6,000th uh, ape NFT on Magic Eden to, to mint. Um, so... I, I think that, um, you know, having money go away from all of these things while temporarily will be a bad thing. It will eventually free up capital to pursue the ideas that survive this. And that's a really good thing, um, you know, because that's that's what powers us to the next bull run. And beyond that, potentially even we're, we're getting really close to, um, you know, there's a concept called crossing the chasm. Uh, York Rhodes from Microsoft, uh, he's their blockchain lead. Uh, he speaks about it a lot, but it, it's a concept in, in technological adoption. Um, we're very close, I think, to crossing the chasm. Um, DID. I, I literally tweeted this the other day. I was like, yeah. we're at the hardest part where, like, we have the early adopters. They're here. But now you actually have to make this for the masses. And that's the hardest part always in any any technology. Right. I think uh, I think ZK um, scalability, and on top of that, we have um, you know like app chains and stuff like that. I, I think that the, those moves are actually good things, um, depending on what your risk profile is um, and how the application is architected, where it eventually rolls up to. Um, it's very much like Nano's block lattice. Everyone loved Nano; uh, it was a fantastically performing. It is. I mean, it still exists. Um, cryptocurrency and it's um pretty similar in what it does i think um so I, I think that you know as more and more different solutions are combined together uh and we approach really 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 cheap fees um the only thing that's stopping us is actually building those apps now because uh, all the ideas that were had in 2017 and 2020 uh or 2020 um that you know didn't work because of scalability be retried mm -hmm. so yeah what do you think what's like something that you would say off the top of your head that didn't necessarily work before but you think will probably work this time or next cycle um most of the corporate type things uh i think uh, i i do i'm a little biased because this is like kind of what I'm, I'm working with right now um is uh, baseline versus hyperledger. Um, hyperledger was the first kind of attempt at, at using integrating your centralized processes into uh, something like a blockchain, and it just didn't work for a number of reasons. That can be some. That would up. be like like quant, right? Would be an example of that. Um, not sure. I'm familiar with quant. Okay, go ahead. I think quant <laughs> uses hyperledger. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Um, and there's still like there are a couple of places that do use it. Um, it's not dead, um, but it's just companies don't want to give other companies access to their data, which is it's required to operate a node. And then if you're not a node operator, you're giving up your data with no rights. Um, 
versus ZK and just this distributed hash table where you're you're dropping things in a Merkle tree and then telling people to go look for that data uh, as like a dead drop. Um, that is very efficient. You're not putting a lot of data on chain. Um, if done correctly, there's uh, a lot of like um, chaff, you know, you're trying to um, confuse uh, AI that's analyzing or, or just, you know, any sort of statistical analysis of, of the data that tries to figure out what's going on. Um, that's interesting. You, so you put, you're putting out like bad data on purpose sometimes? Yes. Yeah, you uh -huh. need it to be statistically random. Um, so if you accomplish that, then you have this common frame of reference uh, that's not controlled by any corporate or, or even um, uh, state regime, which is really powerful. Um, you can use that to like hook into EDI systems to signal different things and, and provide all of these guarantees that people have talked about blockchain being able to provide. Um, can, can you explain EDI? Because I've read what EDI yeah. is multiple times and I never understand it. So, I mean, EDI is like everywhere in, in enterprise. Um, it's basically how siloed uh, private systems talk to each other. Um, you know, if, if you're Walmart and you have some uh, trucking logistics company uh, and you want to plug into their system and manage things, uh, you don't go through a REST API, you go directly through uh, um, this whole format that's been uh, based on, on a lot of research for kind of uh, private, basically the same as state channels on, on Ethereum almost, but um, I guess not in the signature scheme, but with the same purpose, no. So like, basically the idea would be like, because the reason I mentioned Quant is because like, that was like one of the first projects that a lot of people got bullish on of like, we're going to create this network where all these corporations are going to share this data and interact. And you're saying, yeah, but they don't want to actually have full transparency, right? So they want to be able to share the data they want to without the data they don't. They want and compartmentalization. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, that's 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 I, that's something a lot of people don't talk about on the corporate side, but that is that is pretty massive, especially like like obviously like the meme would be like supply chain has been talked about forever, but like that yeah. that is a use case. Um, yeah, that that's interesting. Okay, yeah, continue. Yeah, I mean, um, zk obviously um, it's just gonna be all over the place. Um, I don't know. I'm not like a, a fortune teller on the uh, kind of. The, the places where it intersects with like our traditional society uh, is a lot easier, I think, to, to forecast. Um, the implications of, of what people are going to build that's like brand new, um, that's a lot harder to predict. Um, like the zero knowledge privacy scaling explorations team, which quick, I guess, sidetrack. Uh, BattleZips, which is kind of um, the, the project I'm currently working on, um, that was picked up by um, the Ethereum Foundation PSC team, and uh, very grateful for that. But uh, essentially what they do is, is they kind of aggregate all of the zero-knowledge work being done on Ethereum that uh, needs incubation and um, you know, try to grow it um, as, as a you know, FOSS or, or public open source um, software that, that can grow the, the development community. Um, anyways, the uh, 
the point of, of PSC, um, what's interesting is there are these different, I think the most interesting one is uh, rate limiting nullifier. There are these primitives that are built on a lot of other primitives, you know, like money Legos, everyone talked about that in DeFi summer, right? Um, they're, they're cryptographic Legos that are put on top of each other. And now more advanced ones are being built, but there's still these primitives. And I think that it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, two or three years from now, once more and more of these kind of repeatable tools have been built out, um, what you could then just look at and, and say what's possible to build. And things will get uh, built that are, are a lot quicker and, and, and potentially not even conceivable, you know, like in, in what they do and in, in function. So I guess I do want to uh, pose the question back at you guys, though. Um, from your perspective, where do you see uh, the ecosystem going during crypto winter? That's, I mean, uh, it depends. I think uh, we're big enough where that's a different, there's a different answer for different areas. I think DeFi 100% moves towards ZK. I think that that's really the only way that I think it actually makes sense that DeFi succeeds long term for a variety of reasons. Number one, just like if you think about it purely from like the user standpoint of like, hey, if you want like mainstream DeFi adoption, you, you, like you can't have people's bank accounts, so to speak, just be completely visible by anybody anywhere, right? Like that's yeah. just not going to work. Um, and then on top of that, like you've mentioned, uh, as far as like, th this is where like it gets more into regulation government of like what will actually be allowed or not. Um, as far as like, you could just hide a lot of activity um, that they might want to see. And then that's going to be like, a real battle, I think, at some point that people aren't necessarily talking about. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to know your perspective from like the technical side of like, you know, like you could in theory in, at some point operate completely anonymously through ZKs, right? Where like yeah. no government or institution will be able to see any of your financial information. But then like that is obviously going to have major conflict at some point if that were to be the case. Uh, and I think that's something that isn't just a purely technological solution that there's gonna have to be Door state cooperation yeah. yeah dude well the thing i was pondering the other day when i was going through the aztec stuff was they have this thing where they have built-in compliance so like you're shielded as a person but you can if you i mean if you're an institution you're doing something on ave and you want to be compliant pay your taxes you can do that and the thing i was trying to figure out was like okay in theory you you don't necessarily have to but could a regulating body come in and, and or someone to actually show you this, where it kind of renders the privacy obsolete. Um, that's kind of where, like, the larger question I was at, at in terms of like investment thesis is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that probably sounds like the end, really, because they're not gonna. There's no way that with KYC AML they let zk go completely unchecked, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you could really ask for is a scenario where it's all hidden except if like a judge signs some sort of key uh or, or signs something that produces a one-time key that can decrypt uh that transaction history or something like that and then they can you know with a warrant they can go get it um there are still plenty of like 
cypherpunks and, and crypto anarchists that are going to absolutely hate that. That's fine. They can go build whatever they want and uh, go on their John McAfee runs. Um, right. That that is definitely probably what's <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. Um, yeah, like even just very basic taxes, right? Like in theory, if everything was operating zk, where like you get paid all of your your income is is paid on zk, your your all of your money is stored, all of your finance, like you're you're using DeFi instead of a bank, you really could just not report any taxes. And it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. It's like I don't know how many people have like researched early days of like income taxes back when they started like a hundred years ago and it's basically the same thing because it was like a cash society and taxes are self-reported right like even today that's why we have an audit system right it's like you're supposed to be honest and then if they think you're lying they'll audit you but really really, you could lie and get away with it right yeah absolutely it happens all the time yeah so uh i actually uh the very first um way I got into kind of crypto professionally was uh, Arthur Carvalho, who I think we've mentioned on the show before. Um, Brain. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, Giga Chad. Um, we co-authored a paper that was basically uh, smart contracts, legal implications. And um, this was before even, you know, we were considering ZK, but you know, you could enforce a lot of this, um, which without the ZK was a little bit of uh, 1984, you know, um, because of how kind of controlling and, and uh, publicly auditable it is. But with ZK, the paradigm shifts a ton. Um, you know, like one of the things that I always talk to uh, kind of suits about when I'm trying to convince them on ZK is to picture uh, the reserve requirement ratio of a bank and how you could very easily run a zero knowledge proof that demonstrates that you are in compliance with the reserve requirement ratio without um, exposing what assets you hold uh, in any way. So you can provide um, regulators with all of the guarantees that they need um, while also protecting a ton of information. And um, I think that that can also be done um, with ZK as well and with all sort of financial auditing. I, I think that, um, you know, just because ZK means privacy, yeah, it can be cooked up in some pretty nasty ways, but it can also be cooked up in some ways that really automate essentially all of this. <laughs> I'm sure TurboTax is going to be knocking on my door pretty soon, but um, it, it can, you know, make what government is doing a hundred times cheaper and then also what we're doing a hundred times easier so yeah yeah no i know i know what you mean there's definitely like a conflict like you mentioned of like the crypto anarchist like definitely the crypto anarchist in me is like screw the government man we we got zks now we don't need you guys but that's just not realistic and especially when you talk about like the maturity of DeFi long term and even like the basic thing is like hey you know anything that's a real world asset you still need government involvement whether you like it or not so you're gonna have to comply with them like if you want a mortgage on chain you're gonna need to comply with the government right like that's just not gonna happen otherwise people always think about like law but they forget about the law enforcement you need someone to enforce those laws and at the end of the day a smart contract is beautiful but a smart contract doesn't have a gun that tells people what to do the government does right so right right. as uh, like i would love the cypherpunk utopia but i think 
in reality, we're going to have to make compromises. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, Monero is still going to, Monero is actually a bad. I was going to ask you a little bit about Monero. Yeah, we talked about it last time a little bit. It's going to get popped with, uh, once, once quantum gets far enough along, um, I feel like it's going to get popped. There, there are, I know they exist. I did like cursory reading on them. I don't know which ones they are, but like quantum secure privacy coins at this point if you really are trying to hide um monero safe today but eight years from now if you did something that the statute of limitations is still going to prosecute you for uh, right. eight years 10 years 15 years for sure 20 years you're done um it's ecdsa which will be broken by um by quantum computing um and it's not like the entire like everything just goes post quantum crypto. Um, crypto gets stronger, not weaker. Um, it's just the current, and, and that's the paradigm in cryptography, um, not not cryptocurrency. It's a weird uh, idea that everyone just kind of assumes that everything is going to be perpetually locked in place because the way cryptography has been used traditionally is that um, you always have backup algorithms that you're ready to cycle in the second anyone says anything about the one you're currently using. And it's very normal to have to switch. So to have all of this data at rest that's encrypted with um, and, and owned with ECDSA, encrypted with SHA-256, I guess, um, it, it's a little dangerous. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I think that- What do you think about, one of the biggest arguments that the Monero people make is that if the L1 itself is not private, that then uh, like like basically nothing can end up being private and that's one of the it's more on the bitcoin side yeah. is their argument right and yeah, that like true. they think that bitcoin will just end up being completely co-opted and that's why they prefer monero um what are your thoughts on that yeah yeah i think that's true i think that um the bitcoin like bitcoin was never it was always synonymous and it was never anonymous and now um now you've got people talking about uh, creating Bitcoin nodes that like censor Russian transactions or sanctioned transactions. Um, right. So, and that's allowed, you know, that's totally, that's within the rules of Bitcoin. Um, there's, that's part of a permissionless network uh, to perform those attacks. It's, it, if your network is resilient enough to uh, handle that, then it still functions. But um I, I still don't think that Monero is as public as it thinks it is. Um, I think that they should definitely be a little more urgent or even panicking about um, being post-quantum. And that's one of the big things with Snarks versus Starks, right? Is that Starks is... Starks post are post-quantum? Post-quantum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a big one. I'm, I'm operating with Snarks right now just because I'm trying to learn the ropes, but... Um, that is a huge plus for sure. Yeah. What are your general thoughts? Oh, actually, at a high level, can you explain like the difference between Starks and Snarks? And then <laughs> no. Your... no. Okay. I, I not to. I I am still a student in in that part. Um, okay. Same with Plunk and and um, uh, Groth sixteen. I understand a tiny bit more that Plunk doesn't have a trusted setup. What that means? Same with that's the same with Starks versus Snarks. Starks does not have a trusted setup. Oh, really? yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, but I thought I thought there was some stuff with like Plunk two that 
kind of rendered that argument against the original version of Arcs. Uh, that kind of solved that issue. Could be wrong about that. I thought Vitalik wrote a paper on it. Yeah, I'm. I'm still again a little. Uh, I, I've just been sticking with Groth sixteen um, and learning because there are so many um, things like you have to figure out uh, EDDSA and then you have to figure out um, all the different hashing algorithms, uh, MIMC, Poseidon, which I think is a kind of MIMC, um, bunch of different things. Um, and then once I've I've got the the roll up, um, I actually was gonna try to convert it over to Plunk. Plunky V2, actually, or, or Plunky, whatever one is, is recursive proofs. Um, don't really understand how those work yet, um, but they sound cool and they sound useful. So uh, That's okay. We don't have to get too technical in the weeds. If people can, it's probably, a podcast is probably not the best way to educate people on that anyway, so you, get, you have to read that stuff. Um, well, as far I mean, as like, the, you have the yeah, Asmic guy potentially coming, right? I think that someone... Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we'll have them all, but even like, like, I, like the snarks or starks, I only know because recently uh, we were working on a report ourselves and I was like deep diving on it a little bit. Hey guys, editor David here cutting in real quick just to let you know, unfortunately, we did have some uh, connection issues for the rest of the podcast. So it is going to cut a little abruptly to a totally different topic. We were talking about NFTs when it comes back just for context. And then there's going to be some a few abrupt cuts here and there. So really sorry about that. Um, it is what it is. Unfortunately, we had connection issues. Not much we can do about it. Uh, we'll make sure that doesn't happen in future episodes. But just want to let you know so that you don't get caught off guard by any like ad- abrupt cuts. All right, back to the show. Well, I mean, hopefully there will be some more intersect. I think NFTs do offer some really cool opportunities. It's just how they've been composed is stupid. So, you know, like rigor is an NFT. Uh, all those all those houses are NFTs and they're fractionalized. Um, so I think is as oh, dude, NFTs are gonna have to go through. I have actually, I actually think we're not gonna call them NFTs in the future because the brand has been really? so attached to like the the like basically pfps and stuff like that i think we're gonna rebrand to like tokenized assets or something like that just because people hear nft and immediately think board ape right and when really that is not what nfts are for nfts are have a much much bigger use case than that That maybe i'm wrong maybe people will just learn that but i don't know the masses are pretty bad concede that ground to them but yeah but like yeah, titles you're... titles are amendable. We can we can change titles. It happens all the time. Like for if you look at the corporate world, they they rename things all the time. Like it it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you can still. I even think you're that's not a big deal. Ones. Like NFT non fungible token is not an intuitive yeah, name right. for things. So tokenized assets. I think people are like, okay, I get what you're saying. Non fungible token. The average person is like, I have no idea what that means. I mean, did you see the shit with Polygon Facebook that Polygon's doing with NFTs right now? Yeah, Instagram, they have they've been be- they have the beta already out. They've been rolling out a little bit, but on Facebook, they have it out now. So right now, it's I believe they're only doing read, read contracts, but eventually, I think like the real kind of value unlocks when they because they have plans to do right where people can just like do all like the, just use the Facebook Instagram front end. And like if you're on Instagram, you could just mint an NFT right on Instagram. Like you could have a picture, make an NFT, sell it, all that shit. I think the selling part is like 
the part that shouldn't be there necessarily. I don't I don't like that part, but it, it might not be. No, it will be. It's it's Mark Zuckerberg. Um, okay. What cut are they taking? That's the question I have. And <laughs> um, is it like this is a meta NFT and it's got a specific like you can only sell meta NFTs within the meta marketplace, like that type of thing? Are they going to try no, to do no that? No shot, stuff? no shot, no way. Because it's still going to be on Polygon, so they can't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That'd be interesting because they could have their own roll up though, right? They Yeah, I was going to say they could do their own like specific well, they could have roll a up. roll up to an app chain to you know polygon supernet to polygon pos to eth all one yeah. full circle there you go that's that's the future roll-ups all the way down yeah. oh on mm -hmm. the uh mev mm -hmm. topic have, have you seen the sports betting apps that they have over on polygon i haven't seen any other chain start the that's the around. only reason my friends have ever talked to me about polygon <laughs> real um yeah um <laughs> you know we were talking before about like use cases that have been tried but weren't succeeded like i was big into auger and in, in 2017 and yeah. like uh, i've always thought prediction markets are really cool but i really do wonder if that's something that is just never gonna happen um as far as like like i think there will be more prediction markets but like the idea of having like obscure predictions for everything in the world might not happen and it may just be a liquidity issue too is kind of the problem right like do you have enough i think it's people willing to like bet on uh i don't know the speed of wind in uh california next thursday i don't know if there's gonna be enough liquidity for that i mean but... i'll tell you what if i had fucking money i would absolutely start just like randomly choosing really stupid markets and then just putting a massive amount of money on one side well, that's the thing, too, right? Like, it gets really, can get really fucked up, too, really quickly, where it's like, especially yeah. if you're betting on real world events, where it's like, oh, so if I put $100 million on this event happening, and then I pay like someone $5 million to ensure it happens, like, that's probably not a good thing, right? Like, the classic thing was like, not to get really morbid, but like assassination markets and things like that is like, where you could get really dark with, with predictions. But, uh, social tokens bro that's that's gonna be the next thing just when people when all this like front-end stuff with instagram and facebook and they actually can start pushing out tokens on the listen front end. there's a lot of people that i would love to short to zero i'll be honest with you yeah bro um, the pr can't beat the pr teams ready to flood people <laughs> i don't think the individual ones are gonna happen that much maybe for like major people like influencers and famous people maybe but like the idea of like oh everyone at your high school having like a token is pretty dystopian and i don't think people want that like people already like i remember like you know when we were in high school like i don't know if you guys remember like when snap scores were like a big deal and it was like oh look at this guy's snap score because it's like based on how many messages you were sending i remember like like when i was in high school that was like a big deal and obviously just like follower accounts in general right People already get depressed enough based on social media. I think having a literal chart of like your value as a human being is kind of dystopian. Oh, yeah. Definitely not long term. It'd be cool to have it for like a year and then it just goes away <laughs> yeah. just like NFTs and we can make some money off of it. Like, that'd be cool. I uh, I think it'd be interesting to... Have you guys heard of me tokens? What's it called? Me tokens. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember looking at that. 
Okay, so I'm actually uh, the founder of Me Tokens presented Battlezips on stage with Ian and I. Ian has built yeah, a significant amount of yeah. infrastructure for uh, Me Tokens, um, but they're launching their testnet beta in a week, a month, something. Um, but it would be interesting for you guys to talk to him about it. I'm, I'm sure uh, could facilitate that. Um, I'd love to have him on. I, I'm really interested in the social token part. I think like it's one of those things that it definitely could work, but you have to be extremely thoughtful about how you do it. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, like like if, if social media was the dry run for human status, like visible to everyone on, in the world, like crypto was just going to make that 100 times worse if it's done wrong uh and that that's where it's like interesting to me yeah all right well that's good for now thanks for coming on jack uh this was really good we'll have you on again uh in the future uh always good to have someone who's a little more technical on we should have some other uh very interesting guests in the zk space coming on soon i don't want to reveal it just yet uh until it's confirmed but thanks so much if people want to follow you what can they where can they find you um, I am on Twitter, JP4G, I think JP4G underscore. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me directly, uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave the link with you guys, but, uh, specifically about ZK, anything about, it, uh, getting involved, developing, um, you know, where to start. Um, the Battlezips discord is, is open and, uh, you know, helping facilitate those kinds of, uh, first steps. So. You know, it's it's definitely scary to take those steps because it's it's such a uh, poorly lit part of of uh, uh, blockchain development, but uh, it's really not that hard once you know what you're doing. So, and the opportunity is is worth it. Oh god, the opportunity is crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> well worth it. Yeah. All right, awesome. We'll leave Jack's links in the description. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.